guys this is buddy and we have another question this one is from kobe and his question is very interesting it reads we usually agree that the woman is the help of the man does that mean that the goal or every purpose of the woman is geared towards fulfilling the man's purpose or can a man in any particular case be the woman's help what does helper really mean if you're my helper can't i also be your helper and help with your goals too it's a very beautiful question, Kobe, and um, let's get straight into the answer. So, for us to know what helper means and what all this is about, we have to go back to the beginning, where it all began, right? Man and woman, how did it start? Genesis 1.26, um, God says, let us make man in our own image. Why? So that they can have dominion. So the Bible says, let them have dominion. So God, in the, from the beginning, from right from the onset, was was had in mind creating two people, more than one. All right, at least them means more than one, right? And then we know that it was male and female he had in mind because in verse twenty-seven he says, God. So God created man in His own image. In His own image created He. Male and female created He them, right? And so the purpose so let me clear one part of the question just now male and female man and woman have the same purpose which is to have dominion okay that was that was the original intent of god when when god was making man when god was creating human beings he said let them have dominion he didn't say let him have no dominion so the purpose applied to both of them so um fast forward man is created he's in a garden and God says, it is not good for man to be alone. And so, I'm going to make him and help me. And so, man was put into a deep sleep. And God took his rib. God opened his side and took his rib out and made a woman. And this is very interesting because if God made man out of the dust of the earth and wanted to create a woman, and woman had already been created as a spirit, and, you know, we just need a vessel to introduce her into would it be easier to, you know, just form another, you know, thing, another vessel and just introduce a spirit? Is that do you have to, you know, take something out of the man to produce a woman, you know? But that's what he did, right? Took the woman's hand, brought her to the man, and continues to say that for this reason, a man, rather, will leave his father and mother and come and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. It's it, it it it's it doesn't it doesn't click because first of all, where this whole thing begins is that you have made man out of the dust of the earth, but when it comes to woman, you create him out of man. You don't make it out of the dust of the earth. And then number two, you have brought the woman to the man, and you are saying the man rather will leave his father and come and be joined to their wife. Ephesians five thirty one, same um, um, quotation over there says so for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh right this is a great mystery why i speak of christ and the church so it immediately makes sense that the creation of man and woman in genesis 2 and that whole presentation and all that wasn't really about man and woman like that that was God um, giving us an idea of the relationship between Christ and the church. That is the first appearance of Christ and the church as demonstrated by the creation of man and woman. And now it is very apparent why 
woman wasn't made also from the dust of the earth, but was was taken out of man. Because the church came out of Christ. And it also suddenly makes sense why it is the man that will leave his father and go and be joined to his wife. Because Christ is the one who came down from heaven. Right? And when he came down, he came to us, his bride. And then because of his coming, the church was born. The church came out of him. Right? You see, now everything begins to come together. So, God doesn't just do anything. When he does something, he has a deeper meaning. He has... has, has a more uh, profound meaning than what meets the eye right but we are also talking about the natural relationship between a man and his wife and we already asked a question on um whether it is just a woman's mandate we are clear on what the purpose of the woman is the woman the purpose of the woman is the same as the purpose of the man which is to have dominion on the earth but in the context of marriage is she helping the purpose of the man only or the can the man also help hers First Corinthians 11, um, verse 7. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 7. Now, it says, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, talking about prayer here, right? Since he's the image and glory of God. But woman, here's the, here's the phrase I'm interested in, but woman is the glory of man. Woman is the glory of man. Now here, Paul is trying to explain um, prayer, you know, prayer protocol is, and he's talking to the Corinthians and he says that um, women when they are praying should not leave their hair uncovered they should cover their hair to signal authority that there's someone over them right um, and then he's, he's trying to say that a man should leave his head uncovered because he's the glory of God but when it comes to a woman he says the woman is the glory of man this is true and it makes sense again because when you look at it spiritually the church is the glory of christ you know how glorious the church is 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 an indication of how glorious christ is and when you bring it into natural terms you realize that this is also true because when you meet a woman of a certain caliber and of a certain stature and of a certain class you can immediately predict the kind of man she is married to if the woman is married right so the glory of a woman is directly linked to the kind of man that she's associated to that's the reason why the bible will say that the woman is the glory of the man all right the woman shows off the man when when the woman looks nice and is you know um um, very well adorned it shows off the man it's an indication of what kind of man she is with and so jesus jesus and the church our relationship is similar because whatever we do will show onlookers the kind of man we are linked to because we are his bride right and so jesus said let your light shine so that people will see and give glory to your, uh, your, your father which is in heaven all right and and christ has made sure that this this kind of relationship is possible where um um his glory will be, sh- will be shown to us um in second peter 1 verse 3 he says that as according to his um divine power has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness he has he has made sure that we will show off his glory by giving us everything that we need and that is exactly the relationship that is supposed to exist between a man and a woman the woman is 
the glory of the man. We are moving forward. All right, Ephesians 5. Let's go and look at something there briefly and then we'll, bring, uh, we'll conclude on the answer. Ephesians 5.22 Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. All right. So the reason why women are submitting to men in the context of marriage, wives submitting to husbands, is because the church, which is the wife, is in total subjection to the husband, which is Christ. Okay. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own, own husbands in everything, just like we just said, right? Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So the reason why husbands are loving their wives in the physical is because the husband, which is Christ, loved the church, which is the wife, and gave himself for her. So the extent of the love of a husband is supposed to go as far as death. Isn't it amazing? That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. You know, this when I read the scripture, what it, what one thing I get from it is that one way to um, um, measure yourself, to test yourself as a husband, right, um, is to ask yourself: Since I came into this woman's life, has she grown? Has she been sanctified? Has the best been brought out of her? Have you brought the best out of her? Because Christ brings the best out of the church. You see a man who is a murderer or a thief or a slanderer or a fornicator coming into Christ and suddenly his life turns around and he becomes a a better version of himself. Same man, but different life, totally different life. Why? Because he being the church, because the Bible says that we are the church, we individually are the church, meeting the husband just by virtue of the husband coming into her life. Christ coming into the life of that person, the person's life has turned around. The person has become a better version of herself. So, Mr. Man, has your wife become a better version of herself? If the answer is no, then the, the, I submit, to, I humbly submit to you that you are not loving her the way that Christ loved the church. You are, you are in error. You are, you are not doing what you are supposed to do. All right, let's continue. So, husbands ought to love their own, their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wives. He, he who loves his wife, sorry, loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. So, Kobe, I think this one directly answers your question about whether the man can also be the woman's helper. The Bible says that you should nourish and cherish your wife just as the Lord nourishes and cherishes the church. You should make sure that she is well taken care of. Anything that she wants to do, you make you facilitate it. You make sure that she is nourished and she's cherished, just as Christ has done for the church. Okay. Wow. This this sounds very beautiful. Let's go back to our first Corinthians scripture, first Corinthians eleven. Right? Let's um look at something there very quickly. First Corinthians eleven, verse eleven. Um, it says, nevertheless, in conclusion, we are, we are bringing this one in. Nevertheless, neither is man 
independent of woman nor woman independent of man in the Lord for as woman came from man even so man also comes through woman but all things are from God so in conclusion um, neither man nor woman is independent of each other of, of, of each other man to an extent is dependent on woman and woman to an extent is dependent on man but it goes on to say that all things come from God both of you come from God so the union of a man and a woman in the context of marriage is ultimately to bring glory to God whatever thing it is that you are doing in a marriage the kind of union the kind of the reason why the two of you are brought together is so that the glory of God will be shown that is the purpose of the union between Christ and the church. It's all to the glory of God. Alright. And so, um, Kobe, the purpose of woman is to have dominion, just like the man is also supposed to have dominion. But the reason why it is written like that is because uh, that the woman is a helper is because man was made first before woman was made. Alright, when you read 1 Corinthians 11, the same verse 11, um, verse 8 says that for man is not from woman, but woman from man. Nor was man created for the woman, but woman for the man. Alright, it is not, it is not um, in the sense of that um, one is higher or more important than the other. But it's in the, in the sense of who came first. In the context of creation, okay, who came first. But both of them have the same mandate from the beginning in Genesis 1.26, which is to have dominion over the earth. When you look at it in the context of marriage also, you see that it is not just like that. It goes deeper than that. It is a relationship between Christ and the church in the similitude of the relationship between Christ and the church. And that is the reason why right from Genesis 2.25, um, um, God makes mention of the fact that a man will leave his, his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two of them shall become one flesh. The Bible says we have been made one with Christ. We are seated with Christ in God. Alright? We have his nature. Both of us, we are united in Christ. Okay? And Christ is the head of the church just as the husband is the head of the wife. And so the, the, the relationship of a husband and a wife in the context of marriage is modeled on the relationship between Christ and the church. And Ephesians 5 has made us understand that wives should be in subjection to husbands. Wives should submit to husbands just in the same way that the church is submitted to Christ. And also husbands should love their wives just as Christ loved the church to the point of death. And goes on to say that... Um, the husbands should nourish and cherish their wives just as Christ does the church. And so, if you look at it in that sense, a husband is supposed to make sure that a wife is number one, a better version of herself. Number two, she's sanctified. Why? Because if she if she if she is um, if she if she does well, it is for you. Why? Because she's your glory. She's an indication of the kind of person that you are. So you must make sure that she's okay in this life. Alright. Um, so yeah, I think I think I'll just leave it at that. If I said anything that you do not understand, please don't hesitate to send your questions 
askbuddy at gmail.com or send me a whatsapp message voice notes selfie video plus two three three two zero zero eight six four six seven three plus two three three two zero zero eight six four six seven three thank you so much for your messages please um if i've not um answered your question yet i will i will i'll answer very soon there are lots and lots of questions that um, need to be answered so um I will definitely respond. So, in these times, please make sure that you um, keep the social distancing protocols, keep to the health protocols, wash your hands under um, running water with soap, um, use the hand sanitizers. And um, we know that this this epidemic is going to be over very soon. Then we're going to have our lives back, churches will, will open again, and we're going to worship God fully. God bless you so much for listening. Um, you hear meet again next time. Bye.